Hey everyone, this is Jennifer. And this is Paige. And this is Big Book Energy. Welcome back to another bonus episode. This is our bonus episode for the month of April. And uh, I think we got a good one coming up this month. We also have, of course, given our theme of Phone a Friend, we have a guest with us today, Sammy. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Lovely to be here. And Sammy has picked out a very interesting book for us today. It's The Library at Mount Char by completely blanking on the author's Scott name. Hawkins? Scott Hawkins. I believe. By Scott Hawkins. There we go. So happy to say that we have a controversy-free author, as far as I can tell. Uh, that's that's a relief. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Dude. Dude. The last Miss of Avalon. Miss of Avalon. <laughs> Holy shit. I made a mistake. Anyway. Everyone, everyone go listen to that episode if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode. I have things to say in the discussion section. Okay, this is Scott Hawkins' first fiction book, but there are some computer programming books on his website. We will link to that in the show notes. And I can see why Sammy liked this book. Pewter nerd. <laughs> As of yet, no sequel to Library at Mount Char. There mm-hmm. might actually not be one, although it is set up that there could be. According to his website, he hasn't come up with a good enough idea for his book two. Uh, so if he comes up with one, we'll get a sequel. And if he doesn't, it's going to be a standalone book, which, I mean, fair enough. I like that. I like that mentality. I like yeah. that mentality. So we open with a character named Carolyn, who is walking down the street, looking like she just escaped an asylum using a hatchet. She's covered in blood, missing her shoes, just walking casually down the street. Some people try to talk to her, but she brushes them off. And uh, a tiny little tidbit of interesting info is dropped here. She calls herself a librarian. Now, I think as three people who have worked fairly extensively in libraries, we can agree that she is the most fucked up librarian ever. Yeah? Yeah, would agree. Yeah, I'll I'll agree to that, yeah. Hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. (laughs) Fuck yes. (laughs) So she keeps going until she's spying on three people. And we find out that these are her adopted siblings who happen to be in the process of resurrecting another one of their siblings, like digging her up out of the ground, while waiting for more of them to show up. There's apparently 12 of them in all, because there are 12 classifications in this library that they all work at. And each of them has been assigned to study a single specification until they master it. Carolyn's is languages. David, who is a large, disgusting motherfucker, completely covered in old blood. He's running things. He is clearly ruling by fear, and we find out that his area of study is all things war, so this makes sense, along with all the gross blood stuff. There's a girl named Jennifer who has healing. Sorry, Jennifer, you're a pot-smoking red shirt in this one. I am, apparently, yeah. There's more. There's math and animals and things like that as far as classifications go. Uh, Each discipline unlocks a crazy amount of power, so Jennifer, our healer, can basically resurrect the dead, which we find out later is pretty fucking useful since pretty much everyone gets killed at least once. Or, like, a hundred times. I mean, really, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in Margaret's case, she just is dead most of the time. So it turns out this meeting they're having is because their father is missing. Everyone has been sent out for a month to try and find him, but no one has had any luck. So plan B. Plan B involves backup. Father is a very powerful godlike being, and he has very powerful friends. One shows up to try and help track down Father. Now, to do this, the friend, which is a tiger, by the way, is just going to go to the library. Basically, this is Father's home base. 
Great idea, you might say. Why are they just now thinking of this? Well, they haven't. Apparently, there is a barrier around the library, and anyone who gets close suffers some pretty bad consequences, like blood pouring out of their eyes, catching on fire, seizures, all sorts of good things. So the tiger goes in, and he drops dead after a certain point. So we're on to plan C. Plan C involves Carolyn framing a guy named Steve for murder. So how... Does she do this? Well, she has already killed a cop. Cue flashback to blood scene from the beginning. And she tricks Steve into doing a robbery of this cop's place. Carolyn actually kills Steve, resurrects him, and then lets him take the fall for murder. She also leaves a fingerprint on the light switch. And this gets the attention of Homeland Security officer named Erwin. So let's just say Erwin is badass. Highly trained soldier turned school teacher turned Homeland Security agent. So he goes to talk to Steve because he wants to know more about Carolyn. Steve tells him everything that he knows. And when he's mostly wrapped up about a story, David comes into the jail. He's being held at, brutally murders like 30 people, then scoops up Steve and walks out the door. The only person to survive is Erwin. And this is actually hilarious. So Erwin was a big deal in the army and he had like a book written about him and I think a movie made about him too. And David, who is the resident meathead of the group, is just a huge fanboy, so he lets him live. Like, that's it. That part was great. (laughs) I had a good little laugh out of that. Meanwhile, while Steve was in jail that night, Carolyn had gone to get him some backup, which is also hilarious. She takes David and another brother named Michael, who's the animal guy, to free some lions from a douche canoe rich guy's house who kidnapped them from their home and then put them in his backyard as a zoo. So, for his future adventures, Steve has lions as backup which I love so much. So back to Steve, who is really having a rough couple days. He wakes up in a house with a bunch of these weirdo librarians and he has no idea what the fuck is going on. Also, he's a bit pissed, as you might imagine. So Carolyn offers to smooth things over for him by getting him a pardon. He doesn't believe her, so she promptly calls up and blackmails the President of the United States into pardoning him. So all Steve has to do in return is go for a little run. Alright, so here's the deal. The protective barrier around the library will only work against certain people. There's an unknown object, which the librarians have identified where it is by using math, but not what it is. And this object is affecting everyone who has experienced a certain unknown event. If you didn't experience that event, nothing bad happens. Steve probably won't be affected because he's just a regular guy. So Carolyn gives him a gun with three magazines and sends him off in a jog through the neighborhood, but the library's hidden. Well, there's a line of defense there. Every dog in like a 300-mile radius comes to attack Steve the closer he gets to the library. And then out comes the lions, which is extra hilarious because no one actually told Steve that his backup was fucking lions, so he nearly has a heart attack. But there's like 100 dogs. Steve's a bad shot, and he's also so scared that he drops one of the gun magazines as he's trying to reload. So he and the lions duck into a random house to wait it out. Carolyn, who's been on the cell phone with Steve the whole time this has been happening, knows what's going on. So she tells all of her siblings that Steve is a lost cause and she'll go and try and find another random human to try all this again with. But actually, that's not her plan. She faked being hurt by the force field the first time, so there's something else going on here. But Steve doesn't really like the way things are looking for him, especially because he's become very attached to his lion bodyguards and the girl lion was hurt pretty bad and she's like, in danger of bleeding out. So he calls a cab, scoops up a 200-pound injured lion, 
the other lion's running interference for him, and they steal the cab. Well, a wall of dogs comes running up, and the uninjured lion ends up dying trying to hold off the dog. So Steve gets in the car with the injured lion, drives straight to the vet, and threatens people until they start treating his lion. Kind of fun. Uh, the lion's gonna be okay, though. So, like, don't worry. But the other one wasn't, Paige. Okay. The other one wasn't. Terrible. The other one to die. The other one died. Very, very upset about that. <laughs> but the baby girl lion bro- is okay. I mean, honestly, how this book is going, that wasn't that bad of an outcome. <laughs> okay, but Steve is still a wanted criminal. The pardon the president promised hasn't actually hit the streets yet, so everyone believes he's a cop killer who got out of prison, killing like 30 more people with the help of some random Hulk guy. So obviously someone calls the cops, and Irwin is back. During Steve's unfortunate run... Irwin had been briefing the president on what happened at the prison. The president is a bit rattled and clearly pissed off that someone could blackmail him. But Irwin is sent back into the field since he's the boy who lived, and he's the one to rearrest Steve. Well, instead of taking Steve straight back to custody, they go watch a raid on the house that all the librarians have been staying at. Carolyn called from the house phone so whenever she was getting the pardon from the president, so they knew exactly where all the librarians were staying. Well, David goes fucking hog wild and kills an elite team of soldiers and takes down two helicopters. But in the process, all of the librarians except David and Margaret are killed. Now, Margaret is the librarian they were digging up for for the resurrection in the first scene. She's also David's significant other, as much as David can have a significant other. He's a fuck up. And that's when Carolyn shows up, knocking on Irwin's car window with the lion in tow. She's all better now. She frees Steve, kicks Irwin out of the car, but gives him a gun so he can defend himself. Because David is about to kill anyone who had anything to do with killing the other librarians, so Irwin's on a shit list now. Oh, and also one of Father's enemies shows up and drags the sun out of the sky so there's no more light. Which, that's fucking horrifying. So, Steve and Carolyn kill a bit of time where Carolyn actually tells him a little bit about what all is going on. Then they're back off again. Uh, this time to face David. But before we get to that, let's talk a bit about Carolyn's backstory. It's been sprinkled throughout this entire book, but I'm just going to dump it all on you at once. So about a year after what is known as Adoption Day, Carolyn gets very sick of staying inside studying languages all day. Fair enough. She just wants to go outside. Father actually allows her to do this, though normally that would get you a severe beating. Well, he takes her out to the woods, finds a mom deer and her baby, and he just leaves Carolyn in the care of this deer. And that's actually the pretty much the happiest that Carolyn has been since she came to the library. And then one night, while they are attempting to sleep through a thunderstorm, David comes out of fucking nowhere and stabs the deer. David tells Carolyn that she, if she had thought of the words to calm the deer down who were freaking out about the thunder, then he wouldn't have killed them. And those are father's orders. Then... She was brought back home, and father had the deer roasted and served them up at a big party. So, Carolyn begins plotting father's downfall after that. Killed her mama deer. Alright guys, that is our episode on The Library at Mount Char by Scott Hawkins. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening on through the entirety of this episode. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast on social media, we have a Twitter and an Instagram, both of them at big underscore book underscore energy. 
so you can check out what we're up to there. You can also visit our website, bigbookenergy.com, which is where our blog is located, as well as various other links for the podcast. Don't forget right now we are doing a series on all of the Nebula nominees for this year, at least in books and short stories, not every single Nebula nominee, because that would be a lot of awards. That'd be too many. But uh, so that'll be running. We'll be releasing a review once a month for the rest of this year. So make sure you tune in to bigbookenergy.com to keep up with those. And if you'd like to support the podcast, support independent booksellers and get an awesome book at the same time, you can head on over to our bookshop store, which is bookshop.org slash shop slash bigbookenergy. You can pick up a copy of the Library Mount Char if you are interested, and you'll be supporting us at the same time. And we also have a Patreon if you'd like to support us that way. If you listened to this episode and thought it was cool and you want to be like Sammy and be on the show with us, pick a book to read, you can go and join our Book Elder tier. Uh, just one month at that tier, and you get to come on here and talk to us about whatever book you would want. So thank you, Sammy, for coming on here and picking a book for us. It was fun. Yay! It was fun. This was good. All right. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash bigbookenergy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you back here next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Let's, let's go the rotating to... carousel of cats is quite amusing, Paige. Like, yes. I feel like you put one down on this side, and then it, it pops up on this side again, and then... You want to know the, the crazy thing? That's all the same fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's literally just one, except just for... Yeah, Roz came up here for a second, but that's all just pleat during, like, a fucking circle. Round and round. It's very amusing. Well, I'll just I'll just wait to see if Mars decides to jump up onto your back from the other direction. Like, she was... So. She was over here. I was worried about that for a second. I don't know if you saw me like do this thing. Um, but koala koala cat was in full. There's a possibility. Um, so There's since we're time. yeah at a at a point, I'm gonna call a timeout so I can go feed these little assholes so they'll fucking leave me alone. So okay, uh, yeah, everybody take five. Okay. <laughs>